Well, folks, Christmas is over. It's that dreaded time of the year where the months of grey, gloomy weather stretch out in front of us with nothing to really look forward to. Sorry, I'm being a bit dramatic. Also, producer Rob has just told me that he wants you all to know that it's his birthday in January, as I'm sure it is for many of our listeners. But still, it probably won't surprise you to learn that more than five million of us book holidays in the first month of the year. Travel Weekly figures from 2019, which admittedly was pre-pandemic, they claim that the first Saturday of the month, dubbed Sunshine Saturday, is the busiest day for bookings. But will that still be the case this year, given the cost of living crisis? At which we've been tracking how much holidays could be set to cost this year. And for certain destinations at least, they're pretty eye-watering figures. I'm Grace Farrell, and this week's Witch Investigates asks, Are cheap holidays a thing of the past? Investigates is brought to you by the UK's Consumer Champion. We work to make life simpler, fairer and safer for everyone. We've got new episodes out every fortnight, diving deeper into the issues that matter. If you've got something you'd like us to investigate, give us a shout on social media at WitchUK or send us an email at podcasts at witch.co.uk. Coming up, I hear plenty of examples of just how much this year's holiday might set you back. We looked at the cost of flights before the pandemic and then in 2022 and then what people were paying in 2023. And we found that costs had soared, particularly to New York and Orlando, actually. So the average cost of an Easter flight to New York was £635 before the pandemic. And for Easter 2023, it's £1,180, so almost £550 more, which is obviously a pretty hefty price hike. I asked people in the industry whether those high prices are simply the operators trying to recoup money they lost during the pandemic. This is an industry that works on wafer-thin margins. And if you are greedy enough to think that you can put up your prices a great deal in order to make up for what you've lost, then I think as a tour operator or any tour operator thinking in that way will get quite a shock. And I speak to the man who says we should ditch flying completely in favour of the train. The upfront airfare might seem cheap, but it's less cheap by the time you pay to get to and from airports, paid extra for baggage, and maybe compared to a sleeper train, paid more for an extra hotel night here or there. If you take the train, it is part of the holiday, it's part of the experience. Before we dive in, let me just say, I hope you had a fantastic festive period. And if you used any of the tips we mentioned in our last episode on the cost of Christmas dinner, I'd love to hear about it. So do drop us a line. Let's look at some key moments in the year ahead. Croatia has just joined the Euro, and that's actually very relevant to today's episode, as we'll come to shortly. In May, we'll see the coronation of King Charles III. 
And of course, that same month, Liverpool will host the Eurovision Song Contest. May is going to be a pretty busy month for tourism to the UK. But what about the other way around? Which research that was released just before Christmas found that the cost of the average holiday is, like everything else, going up in price. But by exactly how much? We've been looking at the cost of hotels, flights and package holidays and trying to work out if prices are going to go up next year. So, for example, when it comes to package holidays, we found that kind of compared to what people paid last summer, people who'd already booked holidays for next summer had paid kind of around 15% more. This is Claire Webb, a researcher for the Witch Travel Team. Hotels, kind of a similar thing. We looked at the average price of three or four star hotels and found that they'd gone up 16% in Europe, 24% in the UK. We also looked at flights and we actually found that flights had jumped the most. So we looked at what it cost to fly to Spain, Italy, France, Greece and the US, comparing the cost at Easter in 2022 and the upcoming Easter 2023. And we found that the average price of flights had jumped by 30%. So quite a big jump. As Claire mentioned there, 30% in just 12 months is a huge increase. And the price jumps we're seeing in package holidays and hotels aren't exactly small either. So what's contributing to these higher prices? It's time to bring in another guest. Most definitely costs have gone up. It's hard to know where to begin, but there's a lot of factors that come into it. I think one of the unexpected factors is that Peak season 2021 and peak season 22 saw very, very high occupancies, especially in, in the traditional European destinations. Hoteliers have been very full, places like Croatia, Greece, where there's been an accumulation of demand, which has built up over the COVID years. And as is traditional with hoteliers, they put their prices up because they think it's going to be exactly the same next year or even better. So it's not only their overheads that have gone up, but their perception of the prices that they can charge has also gone up. Noel Josephides is a director at the Association of Independent Tour Operators, as well as chairman of holiday provider The Sunville Group. And he makes an interesting point. According to data released by the European Union, more people booked short-term accommodation in the first half of 2022 compared to in 2019. France saw the biggest increase, with bookings up 31% from 2019 levels. And if tour operators and hotels know the demand is there, adding a few quid onto the price of a holiday is unlikely to affect their numbers. Is it reasonable to think that the travel industry might be hiking prices to make back some of the money lost during the pandemic? This is an industry that works on wafer-thin margins. And if you are greedy enough to think that you can put up your prices a great deal in order to make up for what you've lost, then I think as a tour operator or any tour operator thinking in that way will get quite a shock. Well, either way, the demand is there. People are willing to pay more than they used to to secure a trip away. 
Flight Directory Skyscanner recently found that 70% of UK holidaymakers plan on spending the same, if not more, on travel in 2023. Claire agrees demand is pushing up prices, although there are other factors at play. Package holidays, actually one of the key things is just demand. There's a lot of pent-up demand, a lot of people who obviously didn't get to go away, didn't get to go abroad during the pandemic and are really keen to go on holiday. The other reason is inflation. So for hotels, the cost of food is going up, the cost of drink is going up, Uh, staff wages are kind of a big problem that's costing hotels a lot of money. And those hotels are then being passed on to the tour operators. And the other big thing, of course, is energy. So the cost of energy for hotels, much like your household bill at home, hoteliers' energy bills have just absolutely soared. For flights, the cost of flights, particularly short-haul flights, went down during the pandemic. And that's because nobody was flying anywhere and the airlines wanted to tempt travellers back. But actually, the reason flight prices are probably going to rise a lot more next year is because the cost of jet fuel has soared. And that's, again, due to the war in Ukraine. Uh, So the cost of jet fuel reached kind of a record high last summer. With jet fuel prices rising, many airlines have been reflecting that increase in their ticket prices, especially for long-haul destinations. We looked at the cost of flights before the pandemic and then in 2022 and then what people were paying in 2023. And we found that costs had soared, particularly to New York and Orlando, actually. So the average cost of an Easter flight to New York was £635 before the pandemic. And for Easter 2023, it's £1,180. So almost £550 more, which is obviously a pretty hefty price hike. Mark Smith agrees that prices have risen over the last 12 months. He runs Seat61.com, a website that promotes train travel over flying. I've wondered whether the entire travel industry is trying to recoup two years' lost revenue in one summer. Yes, airfares are not as cheap as they were. The airlines are trying to get some money back after the two years of the pandemic. And that does make it even up the balance a bit. It's not a level playing field. There's a massive hidden subsidy for air travel. They don't pay any duty or tax on their aviation fuel. And fuel can make up up to 30% of an airline's cost, whereas the rail industry has to pay all of its energy costs. In fact, some countries even put VAT on rail tickets when an airline ticket never has VAT, even for exactly the same journey. So it's almost like they wanted you to go by air and cause more emissions. Hmm. I'm going to take you on a journey into the witch archives. Back in 2021 here, on the Witch Investigates podcast, we asked, can you ever fly on holiday with a clear conscience? I'll put a link to that episode in the description for today's show. It's a pertinent question, and this clip from climate journalist Jocelyn Timperley has really stuck in my mind. Just last year, some academics from Lund University and Linnaeus University came out with a paper where they tried to calculate this, and they found that 11% of the world's population took a flight in 2018, and of those, 4% flew abroad. And of those, what's really important is also that 
a tiny percentage, 1% actually, they found of the world population account for more than half of flying emissions. It can't really be stressed enough. We need to fly less in order to lower emissions. Mark Smith would obviously agree, but with trains often being more expensive and longer than flying, it can feel like travelling by air is our only option. So here's Jocelyn's advice. If you're more packed in, then the kind of emissions per person are going to be lower. So that's why, you know, first class is, again, off the scale. So if you're thinking about travelling, it's definitely better not to go first or business class. But also these budget airlines, I think, tend to have newer planes. So if your fleet is made up of younger planes or more modern planes, then emissions will be lower as well. Speaking of budget airlines, you used to be able to find loads of 20 quid return flights to Europe. Bad for the planet, yes, but great if you were looking to travel on a shoestring. So what's happened to these ridiculously cheap flights? They should be gone. Environmentally, it is ridiculous that one is able to travel across the world or certainly into Europe for next to nothing. Will governments turn around and say that until you've got your house in order, until you have alternative fuel sources that are not so carbon damaging, until perhaps electrification or the use of hydrogen comes into use, that tourism shouldn't increase. It's a very interesting point as to what's likely to happen. Personally, I think the number of these very, very special offers will fall. It could be that uh, a combination of destinations wanting to maintain a level of of arrivals will come into play, that governments conscious of the carbon emissions of the airline industry. But yes, overall, I think that um, the very special offers will be reduced in number. So with emissions targets in mind and the other factors we've already covered, bargain flights could soon be a distant memory. Certainly in terms of flights, you know, we've become used to paying almost ridiculously cheap prices in some cases for flights. The boss of Ryanair said recently that that's not going to be the case anymore. Those very, very cheap flights to Europe that we've all become used to, I don't know if they're going to be on offer ever again. But will this make travelling a rich person's game? Not necessarily. And we'll hear about the more affordable destinations you might want to consider this year in just a moment. Hi there, Rob here. Now, I'm the producer of Witch Investigates, but I wanted to tell you about one of our other podcasts here at Witch. It's called Witch Shorts, and every week we bring you the very best of our articles from across witch.co.uk and our various magazines. With expert narration, we make these available for you to listen to, wherever you might be, covering everything from travel to money, tech, gardening, and more. Now, we release new episodes every Wednesday, so just search Witch Shorts wherever you're listening to this podcast. This week on Witch Investigates, we're asking whether cheap holidays are a thing of the past. We've heard why prices are increasing and how cheap flights are no more. But it is still possible to see more of the world in a way that's affordable. 
Hi, I'm Laura Sanders and I'm a senior researcher and writer for Witch Travel. Last month, Laura finished a piece on the 10 destinations our pounds will go furthest in 2023, so it seemed only natural to invite her onto the podcast to share her findings. So it's been a really interesting investigation for me because we got 23 of the most visited destinations by witch members in 2019, which of course was the last year of normal travel. And then we whittled it down to 10 of the best value destinations for flights, hotels, the cost of things on the ground like food and drink and the exchange rates. So what we found whilst we were doing this is that One of those components on their own doesn't exactly tell the whole story. So, for example, the pound's taken a battering against the euro and the US dollar, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everywhere in Europe or everywhere in America isn't going to get you the best value for money. Likewise, you can get loads of Icelandic krona to your pounds, but Iceland is actually really expensive. So it's interesting to weigh up all of these different components and then come up with the 10 destinations which offer fairly good value for money in all of those areas. So then, drum roll please. What are these great value destinations? Well, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody that Turkey is very good value for money. I think most people know that. And that's largely down to the Turkish lira. There's been mass inflation in the country since 2018, which means that you can get lots of lira to your pound. And it goes really far when you're out there, which I know myself from a visit last November. Bulgaria's one, which not many people really look to for a holiday in Europe. It's kind of an up and coming place. But Bulgaria was our number one best value place for flights, for hotels, for money and for things on the ground. In general, we found that mainland Spain and mainland Portugal were better value for money than the islands. So on islands such as Madeira or the Canaries in Spain, then you're looking at spending a little bit more on your food and drink and things. Then finally, we've got Hungary. Now, I've been to Hungary, I've been to Budapest. It was pre-pandemic, but even then, it was pretty good value for money. I'm just noting these down. I also asked Laura about long-haul destinations. It came as no surprise to me that Thailand is one of our best value long-haul destinations. I've been there myself, although it's a little bit pricey to fly to, which you're going to get with long-haul destinations. The flights are expensive. Once you get there, your money goes really far. So I think what I said in the magazine was you get more bang for your bart, which is true, you do. So, you know, anywhere in Thailand, you could pick up some local favourites, such as some Pad Thai and a, a Chang beer, which is a local beer for like less than a fiver. Having been to Thailand myself, I can also attest to these prices. We'd love to hear your recommendations for great value getaways. You can email us at podcasts at witch.co.uk or give us a shout on social. I also asked Noel for his tips. There's no doubt that looking forward into 2023, Turkey is going to be a big winner. It's got a devaluating currency and it's cheap. And certainly for the mass market, if you look at the volume tour operators, Jet2, EasyJet, TUI, Turkey is going to be a big area that they'll be concentrating on for 2023. You can also add Bulgaria to that. If you're looking at long-haul destinations, then certainly Japan is coming back. It's been out of bounds for three years now. So there's a fair amount of demand for Japan. Costa Rica in Central South America is a big winner. 
that's uh, a lot of demand for Costa Rica. And that's also reflected in our own Central South America program. Now, I'm not suggesting you try and get a train to Costa Rica. But with sustainability high on the agenda and airfares rising, train travel could be about to have a moment. And I'm not referring to the strikes. Here's Mark Smith with an ode to the railway. Well, who doesn't love travel? I mean, far off places, a natural human urge to see what's over the next hill, cultures, cuisines, history, all of that. But it isn't just about the destination, it's about the journey. So I like to travel in a way where I can see where I'm going and experience the journey. It gives relevance to the destination and a method of travel that treats you like a human being, meaning you can stand up and walk around, you can sleep in a bed, you can eat in a restaurant, you can have your own room, and that means trains or ships. So they are, to me, the most civilised way to travel and a much more rewarding way to travel than the commoditized budget airline method that's become prevalent these days. I think you'll agree that Mark is pretty persuasive. And for him, the environmental factors are only part of the story. If somebody said why they were using it, they would typically say they've got a phobia of flying or they were medically restricted from flying or they knew they particularly liked trains. And what they say now is two things in the same breath. These things go together. First of all, they're fed up to the back teeth with the airport and airline experience. They want something better. And secondly, they want to cut their carbon footprint, cut their emissions. And those two things go together. And there might be the true eco-warrior for whom sustainability is key and the nicer journey is a minor detail. For the majority of travellers, it might be 80% the nicer journey getting away from the airports and airlines and 20% sustainability. I can't tell. But it's those two things that are driving it. But my message has always been that you're not just doing the planet a favour by taking rail, which is typically 10 times less CO2 than an equivalent flight. You're actually doing yourself a favour because you only live once, you've got one life, experience it on the ground rather than spend it at airports and at 35,000 feet. We actually compared aeroplane and train emissions on popular UK routes in a piece of work back in 2021. Again, it came down to cost versus carbon. We discovered that train fares were roughly 50% more expensive than plane fares, despite rail journeys producing 80% less carbon dioxide emissions. And the longer the journey, the bigger the environmental savings. The upfront airfare might seem cheap, but it's less cheap by the time you pay to get to and from airports, paid extra for baggage, and maybe compared to a sleeper train, paid more for an extra hotel night here or there. If you take the train, it is part of the holiday, it's part of the experience. It doesn't take as much extra time as you'd think. That one hour flight takes four or even five hours by the time you add all the faffing about and checking in and the ground transportation. But it's a more enjoyable, it's more rewarding. It's like most things in life. If you put a bit more effort in, you get a lot more out. See, I would be sold on this if it wasn't for the elephant in the room, the price. After all, we're asking whether cheap holidays are a thing of the past. So it's hard to recommend the benefits of train travel, knowing it usually comes at a higher cost. I put this to Mark. 
Let's take a simple journey to Italy, which is one of the most popular destinations for train travel. You can hop on a morning Eurostar, taking just two hours and 20 minutes to Paris. Have lunch in Paris. There's a fantastic restaurant called the Tram Bleu, actually inside the Gare de Lyon. Most exotic station buffet in the world, I think. And then you can take the afternoon train to Milan. Leaves about three in the afternoon. Two-hour dash on the high-speed line, and then it slows right down to meander through the Alps, getting into Turin in the evening and Milan an hour later. Stay overnight in Turin or Milan, and then it's only an hour or two to Venice or Florence next morning. And it's affordable too. The Eurostar starts at £78 return, that's 39 quid each way, and the Paris to Milan train starts at €29 Euros each way. Unless you fancy the luxurious executive class with food and Prosecco included, then it's 165 But it's affordable. It's not flights from a pound. That doesn't matter. It's part of the holiday. It's affordable at those sort of prices. I've got to say, it does appeal. It's only fair that we should all be able to afford a holiday this year, whether that's a short break here in the UK, a trip to Europe, or, if we're in a position to, maybe somewhere further afield. Given everything that's happened over the last 12 months and what might be to come, we do need a break. So yes, prices are rising, but there are destinations worth considering if we want to get more for our money. I'll leave you with this from my very own Claire Webb. Parents, listen closely to her final tip. My top tip really is just to think outside the box a bit and kind of do your research. And there are destinations that are better value than others. So, for example, you know, if you like to go on like a sunny beach holiday, Turkey often tends to be quite a bit cheaper than perhaps going to kind of Spain or Portugal. If you are tied to the school holidays, then when we looked at the prices of the UK's two biggest package holiday providers, we found that it was a lot cheaper to go at Easter than during the summer school holidays, £300 cheaper on average. Lots to bear in mind. Well, thanks for listening to our first episode of 2023. With a year's worth of content to plan, we'd love to hear from you about any particular topics you'd like us to cover, from health supplements to supermarket psychology tactics to your pets. We're here to serve all consumers, so nothing is off the table. If you want more free advice to help you with the cost of living, head to witch.co.uk forward slash cost of living. We've also got an affordable food for all petition, which could really do with your backing. Find out more about this at witch.co.uk forward slash affordable dash food. Today's episode was presented by me, Grace Farrell, written and produced by Rob Lilly. Editing and original music is by Eric Bria, and our executive producer is Angus Farker. A special thanks this week to everyone in the travel team here at Witch. And I'll be back in two weeks for our next investigation. 